Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ah, there you are now. Tell me this and tell me no more. Are you going out? Or are you going out out? You scoops. I am in me shite. We ever get over. Go out of that. Number one gobble. Hi everybody, welcome back to another episode of Tis Yourself with myself, Nicola Barden. Tis myself, what's the crack? How are you getting on? We have another Irish guest today, which is fantastic. I only realised on Paddy's Day, I was putting up like a little post on TikTok and um, on Reels, just kind of like highlighting some of the Irish guests we have. And I was like, I kind of thought that I had more international guests than I did or less Irish than I did. I don't know. Anyway, there were so many there. I was like, oh my God, this is great. And... Then when I did the top 10 episodes, there is just one international guest in the top 10. And that is Matt Cardle, who's been there since like pretty much since his episode aired, like I think it's nearly two years ago or it is two years ago. Um, I don't think that episode's ever going to knock out because it just gets listens all the time and um, because he is so honest and open in it. Considering, you know, some of these guests are amazing, like the international ones, but Irish people obviously just love hearing people from home. So I'm taking that on board. I have an Irish guest today. I have two Irish guests lined up for you um, in the next couple of weeks as well. One, I'm going to hint, let's just say Eurovision. That's all I'm going to say. We did a brilliant chat. It's very long, so I'm not looking forward to editing it. And I did it like three weeks ago. So you think I would have started, but no. My guest today. Okay, so I actually like like you all, you probably follow him on uh, Instagram or on TikTok or in, you know, Twitter. So I follow him on Twitter and on uh, Instagram, but I cannot remember for the life of me when that happens, like when he came into my orbit, when I kind of started seeing his videos or his, you know, this, I'm assuming it was lockdown and when in lockdown, I don't know what the first one was. And did I see it loads of times and then decide to follow, you know, these people that you're like, I think it was the same when I interviewed James Patrice. I was like, I don't know when you came into my orbit, but like I followed you for like, I don't know, six years now. So he, my guest today is a comedian. He's now a TV presenter. He's done, you know, is like this TV show he's doing is very different than what he's done. He's an actor because we've seen him in Dairy Girls. Um, he's kind of like done a lot of things. And of course, he is Mr. Michael Fry. Very excited to chat to him because, as I said, I follow him for a long time, but I don't really know much about him as a person. I do love his good tweets that he does on his Instagram every day. So I love that. But yeah, I don't know much about him, like, you know, where he comes from or anything like that. So maybe I'm going to find out a lot of that today. So I'm going to go now and let you guys listen to the interview. And hopefully you, like myself, will learn a lot about Michael and how it all came about and what his plans for the future are and all that kind of crack. Okay, here we go. It's okay. nice to finally e-meet you, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, I uh, that phrase makes me cringe so much because I've, I've used it so much at work, but yeah. <laughs> I know, it's like, I know these pe- so many people like yourself, like from Twitter and Instagram, and it's like, when I see people in public now, like I saw Killian recently and I was like, like, do I say hello? But like, I only know him online and it's really weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have that thing where you like, you think you're friends with somebody. I remember meeting, it was my friend's mother. Because I only knew her because my friend had posted pictures of her. And I said hello to her. And then she was like, okay. And I was like, where do I know that woman from? And I was like, you don't know that woman. It's just your friend's mom. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those weird, this new, uh, especially because of lockdown and everything, you think you know people more because you're spending more time online. You're like replying to their comments. And then you see them in public and you're like. Yeah. I did a whole thesis on this, actually. Did you? Uh, but yeah, it's called Parasocial Relationships. So, yeah, I did it on podcasting and how we think we're friends with the podcasters and how they deal with that. So, yeah, it's really interesting, but really fucked up as well. So, yeah, yeah. I can see that when I went to see Joanne McNally um, mm. 
and like the girls that were there, you could tell they were just like, oh my God, that's so Joanne and all this kind of reactions. And like she even says the reactions they do when she's on stage. And it's because we all think we know these people. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. And they don't know anything about you. So they get kind of a bit freaked out and uncomfortable when you actually are like, I'm, I love you. You know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah, I'm like, Hector knows nothing about me. Okay. I need to stop thinking yeah. that if I meet Hector, we're going to be besties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, listen, I've loads I want to chat to you about um, mm-hmm. because I was trying to think when they came to me with the, you know, your TV show on Verge Media. It's like I've known Michael as in like online for yeah. quite a while, but I actually can't remember like when I started following you or like what was your, I don't know, video or whatever that first engaged me that I was like, oh, this guy seems funny. Like I'll follow him. Did you start putting out videos in lockdown or were you doing that beforehand? Oh, I was doing it before that. Yeah, yeah. So I was doing it in, I started 2018. Uh, that's when I started the first kind of big batch of them. So it's been a while, you know, but lockdown, I'm not going to say lockdown was good. However, <laughs> it did <laughs> it did wonders for me because like there was no news and there was no even comedy being made. Like the panel shows were all remote. and It was real awkward and weird. And, you know, there was no new content being made. And I think because no one had any news, a way for people to kind of stay in touch with each other is to send each other funny videos. And I just happened to be making funny videos. Uh, and then you had people online who would never be online. So you had like celebrities who were suddenly out of work. You know, I mean, I, I did a the first time I, ever, I noticed that was during maybe the first two months of lockdown. I did like a parody of the Loose Women theme tune and the Loose Women actually saw it. You know, whereas before they would never, Denise Welsh would not be online that often. So like, it was just, you know, I don't know. So like, how did you start getting into those videos? Like, I imagine as a kid, you might have like people might say like, oh, you're really funny and stuff. But were you like trying to be a YouTuber or did you have like, because as you said, you went and did a thesis. So you've been to college, etc. What was your kind of as a kid, your goal in, you know, my dream job? Yeah, uh, I don't know. I think I always wanted to be an actor mm. or uh, maybe a journalist, I think, when I was like 13. But then, you know, I went to school during the recession so it was all and I watched loads of The Apprentice so I just assumed I would I'd get into business or have a job a proper job and just fuck everything you know what I mean is it like just <laughs> just forget about having you know a creative career at all so I let that part of me die and then I went to college and then kind of uh, I don't know I did some bits in college it did like a like a kind of a sketch thing for players in, in Trinity for the like the last year or whatever but I, I did stage fright and all that kind of stuff so it just never I never thought it was realistic I never thought I would ever get there uh, and I thought okay well if you can't be an actor you can't get into media go work in marketing or something like that so that's kind of what I did but um, yeah I don't know it only happened during I was kind of in another lockdown period of my life it wasn't lockdown it was uh, I was doing a grad program in, in, in Coleraine in Northern Ireland which is a tiny town mm-hmm. uh, compared to like a city or Dublin or whatever so I, I got really bored in the evenings and then I realized like I had kind of a, a small enough following on Twitter but I was like oh this will make these people laugh because I know they're funny and you know that kind of thing mm. it wasn't I didn't ever think it would get to this stage where suddenly I'm doing interviews with with people and blind boys retweet me and Kevin Bridges really likes my stuff and do you know what I mean it, it started mm. snowballing then uh, and then got a job working at Joe because of that I just kept going I just I just kind of slowly built up this this kind of massive audience over a few years but I never I don't think I ever expected to get to where I did you know I didn't think I'd ever be in Dairy Girls and things like that you know what I mean so it's, it's mad like, yeah. my jealousy when I saw you were in Dairy Girls I was like oh my god he's in the same branch as Liam Neeson right now he's doing cameos <laughs> and Dairy Girls <laughs> yeah oh my god I still can't believe I was on it to be honest it's kind of it's very bizarre to me but um yeah it was great just the coolest thing ever and if, if that's my peak fine you know, <laughs> like so. what a peak if that is yeah. the case. Like, honestly, <laughs> does it get much better? Like, how did that yeah. even come about? Was it Lisa that contacted you or? It was. Yeah, yeah. actually, the, uh, the, the casting people got in touch with me because Twitter at the time was doing this fun thing where they put loads of messages just into your spam. I missed the message. So then Lisa herself was like, do you want to audition for this? And I was like, yeah, class. I'll have auditioned for Dairy Girls. I didn't actually think they'd give it to me. Mm. And, you know, ever since I've been talking to like other comedians and they're all, like all from the north who have auditioned for that part and I still I'm like why did you pick me instead of you know Shane Todd for example you know like <laughs> one of these big kind of yeah I don't know um but yeah very cool it must be really strange to like as you said you when you per- first put out the video the first time to go from like I'm doing this for people that I think that I kind of know so like my own mates or my online mates and they'll find this funny and then 
to see like as you said people retweeting Kevin Bridges etc and you're just kind of like hold on wait a second this is blowing up really quicker than I you know anticipated yeah yeah I mean I yeah I don't I remember having to ring my dad at one point being like um so you might see <laughs> this stuff because it's gone far much further than I thought it would and I'd kind of just tell my boss and be like look this has happened nothing to worry about I'm not going to say anything sectarian or you know mm-hmm. bad so don't worry about it but there you go you know so it was kind of weird I just kind of come out as a comedian essentially <laughs> to all these people but I mean yeah I don't know odd <laughs> yeah especially I suppose like when you said that you work for Joe that came back to me there that you used to work for them and I like I suppose you would have been given a certain amount of freedom probably working for a company like that but also within boundaries as well so then to get you know your own stuff nearly going viral and then you're like "Uh oh (laughs) if I do this does it affect this and you know that kind of way yeah there was a lot of that and I think when I was at Joe it was kind of strange because it was like you know did I own my own content did they own me was there you know because obviously you can't do work for competitors and things like that and you know I don't know like because you did you were allowed to take over the Twitter account sometimes but it's like okay stay within the bounds and don't say anything too ridiculous or you know um so it was yeah it was a balancing act um and I think like there is an overlap between my audience and theirs but uh, a lot of the time there wasn't so it was just kind of stuff that I thought was funny and then the audience would be like we just get no reaction to it so (laughs) you know um but yeah it was yeah it was interesting it was the right place to be like I, I met loads of interesting people and got to work on loads of interesting stuff so um, yeah, really glad I, I I ended up there for a while. Yeah, it must be weird as well, because you're like, if I make the, you make a video and you kind of go, this isn't the Joe audience, but I haven't made anything for them. So am I supposed to bring it to them first or do I release it myself on my own socials? And there might be more of a want there, but then they kind of they're paying me. So it's like, yeah, yeah, I think if, do I give them if anything did well, I would be like, do you guys want to use this? And then it would, yeah, then we would do that, that kind of way. But like, I'd usually just put stuff on my own account and and be like, yeah, okay, there's that. And if they want it, they want it, they can have it, you know? So, yeah, because yeah. it all helps, you know, it just really helps the the, the reach anyway. So, well, like that, that must have been like preparing you for a life as, as a, you know, solo creator kind of go. And this is where you obviously aim to go. Like, you don't want to be answering to other people. You know, your aim is if you are making these videos and they're doing well, you want the money and the clicks to be coming to you but like then there's the other side of it you have to be like a businessman in a way like you said you're gonna have a business or work in business this kind of way you kind of are because you have to run your own side of stuff as well yeah yeah that's that's kind of what I do now do you know what I mean I'm basically self-employed which is mad you know and it is literally my business to make sure things get where they're supposed to you know mm-hmm. um and and to make the right things and make sure I'm on top of trends or whatever you know so it's yeah it's um there's a lot of boring bits to being a comedian, like doing your own finances and things like that. But uh, yeah, on the whole, it's great. How do you find that side of stuff, the self-promotion and that kind of thing? That's the thing I struggle with most is like, mm. you know, when do I put this up that it's going to get the most attention or or if you put up something and it doesn't get as much traction as your last video, like, is it like, Beck, what the hell did I do wrong? Or is it just like put it at the wrong time or the wrong platform? Yeah, I think I think with Twitter and Instagram, like people will see what you put up, you know, with TikTok, it's entirely random. I can't tell when people are going to watch whatever. There's some things that you spend loads of time on and they get nothing. And then other things you fart out in 10 minutes that don't, do you know, do you know what I mean? That just go everywhere and you're like, it's very hollow then. It's kind of like, oh, well, I didn't really work for that. Um, So yeah, I did, like I look at the analytics and stuff like that and see, okay, when did people switch off from that? Or, you know, what's the best time to put this up at I do pay attention to that um, but I mean if, if something's good it'll do well um, now if you put something up on a Saturday afternoon no one sees that do you know you have to do kind of weeknights that kind of thing where people are actually online but yeah I, th- I find that good content just kind of does well no matter when you put it up you know yeah, I think as well as like the we mentioned the lockdown stuff, I, I had chat to Emma Doran before. And of course, she kind of came to the forefront, especially during lockdown. And it's just like it's like we said, we feel we know these people. It's like, you know, yourself, Killian, Sean, um, you know, um, oh, my God, now my mind's gone blank. Uh, Shane. Yeah, like yeah. all these people that like, again, I'm saying them by first names and people are like, oh, yeah, Killian. And, you know, they know them who they are. They The content you guys m- must have been creating that didn't even get seen during lockdown like you must have been a constant churn of stuff it was yeah I mean I yeah 
because I had nothing else to do. You know, I didn't have uh, like I was working from home for the first time ever, you know, so I, I had no commute. I had no social life. It was kind of like, OK, well, I guess I'll do something, you know. But it was weird. I had the energy to do it as well. Mm. Uh, I find now that I'm much busier. It's it's uh, it's harder. It's just that it takes a lot more out of you. Whereas like when you have nothing else to do, when you're pouring your energy just into that. Like when I was doing the 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 indie band videos, I was making a few of them a week. <laughs> it was just like what, when I think about it now. That's a lot of work. Like, yeah, it is. It's my, like some of them take like 10, 15 hours. Do you know what I mean? So it's just like just churning them out because like nothing better to be doing it myself. You know. <laughs> so um, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, there's I think there's peaks and troughs as well. Sometimes you when you particularly when I have a good idea, I'm like I like to tear the arse out of it. So doing as, as do it as many times until it's not funny anymore you know uh which is kind of what i've done with the, the the band stuff and other kind of characters where it's like this is a good idea i'll i'll follow this thread but yeah no it's uh it's harder now in, in real time when you have a social life when you have places mm-hmm. to be and things to do you know yeah and you have appointments or people are calling you and you're like oh god like i've got 12 minutes of that edited or whatever because even mm-hmm. last night i was putting for reels and that was just off holidays and i was like this takes so much time just to put yeah. up like a one minute reel so like when people are seeing your videos like the indie bands that are like mm-hmm. let's say three minutes long they're like oh yeah yeah but not realizing how much actually goes into it oh yeah just even finding outfits i've run completely run out of clothes now uh to dress the guys in so <laughs> i have that yeah and if you make you make it sound okay like it's an actual song um i know it doesn't sound amazing to people who are actually musically trained or whatever but it sounds enough like a song that i can get away with it and then the other thing i do now with my sketches is i subtitle them because it's just handier for people who say you're watching something on the bus for example you know like it's it's good for deaf people as well obviously because you know they can't hear or people who have problems audio processing uh it's it's better to put subtitles on it but it's handy for everybody that you do yeah. that so that that kind of takes a while when you particularly when you have things that you're kind of improving or riffing on that you haven't got a script for it's kind of like okay that that does take a while but it's totally worth it when you do it and then did you ever notice that when you put the subtitles on and sometimes whatever app you're using doesn't read them right like I put up one of uh, an interview I did with Shane Ward and it was like mm. I think he said uh, something like you know, his wife does hand the child to him when he comes home and says, oh, daddy's home. But the caption, I didn't read it because it was like one of my first times using these apps. And right. I put daddy's hole in one word, oh, daddy's oh, no. hole. And he just like shared it. He's like, daddy's hole. And I was like, oh, <laughs> God. Now, to be fair, I probably got more traction because he said that. Mm. But I was mortified. <laughs> like, yeah. Stupid captions. I actually just do it myself. I, I yeah. use InShot, which is an app. It's like easy just to type them all in. I just, yeah, it doesn't yeah. take that long, but... Yeah, I, I've yeah, I've, I've done that as well. I've been like, right, I'm never using that again. Yeah, <laughs> so, I haven't yeah. used it since. I'm like, Do you know what? That is actually not worth it. In case it's like a really serious chat with somebody who's like talking about mental yeah. health, and then you say like the app shares something, you're like, okay, that's that's not right. Like, God, no. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's all about learning and making mistakes, I suppose, in this kind of industry, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and everything happens so fast and changes so quickly. Like TikTok was not a thing mm. even three years ago, you know. So. Um. Yeah, it's uh, you have to get used to it. I think. Yeah, you know, I'm sure that that we come to a point where there's an app where I'm like, I'm not doing that. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I'm just not getting involved. Yeah. Well, if you look like Snapchat was originally where all, like a lot of the like influencers came about, like I don't know, ten years ago and stuff like James yeah. Reese and you know James Cavanagh and then starting on those. And now lots of people don't. They think TikTok, Instagram, and maybe Twitter. Maybe yeah. they don't use Twitter or whatever, but they're not even really thinking about Snapchat as much. Yeah, Facebook comedians were a thing, even ages. No, I don't even use Facebook anymore. I don't even post on it. Like I have the the page, mm. but I don't use it. Do you know, I never ever use it. So it's kind of, uh, yeah, platforms just die. You know, mm-hmm. uh, like we, I think they're they have longer life cycles than they did before, but because like we had Bebo for a few years, we had MySpace at all these places. I love whatever. Bebo. But, yeah, <laughs> but like they went. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I've always that's always in the back of my head that, that whatever you're using could eventually just come out use or disappear so yeah when you mentioned tiktok like i could let's say your videos so i'll follow them and i'll see them they'll come up if i'm watching on instagram and i've missed one let's say it'll come up like three days later even though yeah whatever same with different comedians i'll follow but if i go on tiktok and even if i liked all of your videos and watch them all in one row i am not guaranteed to see that on my for you page i'll get to see some you know travelers calling each other out for a fight or you know some comedian in 
South Africa. And I'm like, why is mm. this coming up? It's not connected to anything I'm watching. I, I don't get their algorithm whatsoever. No, that's it. I, I think it's completely unpredictable. Uh, but it, it all it does is kind of uh, it promotes like constant content creation. So there's a lot of a lot of crap on there because yeah. people feel like they have to they have to constantly be making stuff, you know, whereas I like it when it's kind of a bit more considered or whatever, but it's maybe not the best thing for the algorithm, you know, mm-hmm. but I can't be making, you know, the, the like because it does take a while to make what I make. So um, I can't be doing that every day. So I don't know. I guess I'm not getting the most out of TikTok, but you do get stuff that does really well every so often mm-hmm. uh, that I'm always surprised by. And you get people from different countries seeing it. And, it's, mm-hmm. you know, when it works, the reach is massive. Um, but it's just getting it to work in the first place. Yeah, because I find I don't know how these people are putting up six videos a day or whatever, like where they have the time. And I wonder for you guys, do you feel like you should be putting out more? But you just Like, I know you don't have the time, but w- even maybe when you first got into this kind of career and it started to take off, did you feel like you should be pushing stuff every day? I did. Yeah. At the, at the beginning, I probably made a lot more. You know, I made uh, like a couple of videos a week or, you know, at least. Whereas now it's like, unless I have an idea, I just don't do it, you know? Um not that I'm, I, I wouldn't say, I don't ever want to get into a space where I'm afraid to experiment with stuff. Because like you you could make stuff and it doesn't do well or whatever. But I mean, I have enough of a back catalogue to be like, well, no, I am actually good at this. This isn't just, you know what I mean? I'm, I've just made a misstep here. You know, that kind of thing. Um, Yeah, I, I could I could do with making more stuff more regularly. But it's, it's yeah, it's having the ideas. I feel like I've made a lot of videos already and I'm like, what's what else do I talk about? You know? Yeah, exactly. Do you, do you find that like in your career, would you say a lot of confidence has to go into it because you have to be confident in yourself that what you're putting out, like, because you're not showing it to the people, I'm assuming you're just making it and then putting it up. So does that take a lot of confidence to kind of go, I know that I'm what I'm doing here is good, even if it doesn't go great? Mm. Yeah, I think it does. I think, but but saying that, I think... I wouldn't be a comedian unless the internet existed. You know, I definitely wouldn't have done the stand-up thing first. I definitely wouldn't have done that a few years ago. So it's a lot easier to put yourself out there when, you know, essentially it's a number on a screen and a high score and not actual people sitting in front of you, you know. Um, so I guess, you know, I, I it takes a certain amount of confidence. Like I know there's comedians I know who don't like themselves on camera, you know, who who find the online space a bit daunting and stuff like that. But I, you know, I felt that about the stage. So, I mean, it kind of, I guess it just depends on who you are, you know, I, yeah, it's the live embarrassment for, thing for me that I'm kind of a bit like, Ooh, I don't know. I don't know if I can cope with that, but I can, I can just delete a video otherwise, you know? Yeah. And weirdly, I was kind of thinking there when you're saying that, I was like, which would I prefer? And like, the one thing about the live thing is obviously it would be so awkward if you're standing there and nobody laughs or whatever. But then the other side of it is, Probably no one's going to walk up to you face to face and say you're shit or you're a dickhead or whatever. Yeah. Whereas, or I, I want to cut your head off or yes. whatever, you know, that's the yeah. shit. You, you know, deserve to die, that. whatever, yeah. you know, this <laughs> is, or like, did you get the vaccine or some fucking bullshit underneath it? Whereas yeah. if you're doing this online, anybody can say anything. And, you know, therefore, like, this is your baby, your product that you're putting out, you're selling yourself in another way. So I'm kind of like, I don't know which I'd prefer. Like, I don't know how you do both of them. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think I, I've had a very charmed existence in terms of, you know, people haven't really sent me abuse. But I mean, that's kind of just one of the perks of, of being a man in the Internet. Do you know, what I mean, a lot of my female colleagues get ridiculous stuff from people and real like bizarre sexual messages and all that kind of stuff. So I, I don't have to deal with that. Um, So it's, you know, it's a lot easier for me to exist on in, in, a, in an online space. Messages, no, not really. I, sometimes <laughs> you do. I mean, once you get to a certain size. Yeah. Yeah. Believe it or not, yeah, there are people who are like, oh, yeah, you know, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you've made it, you know, you're like all the weirdos are sending me disgusting things in the DMs. <laughs> <laughs> but like, as you mentioned, like stand doing your stand up, because I know you do a lot now and you do a lot with Killian and stuff and you, you're touring and stuff as well. How was the first time that you had to go out and be like, OK, I'm going to go on a stage and I have to have like a an actual nearly like a script in your mind or like a set in your in your mind? Because you're so used to doing it yourself and if that doesn't go right we'll do it again and record again yeah yeah it's um it was hard uh i mean I, I got a taxi to the to the gig it was like in a in dubliners distillery uh and it was only kind of like it was like 60 people or whatever which is like pretty sizable actually mm-hmm. you know for your first gig uh but it was all people who knew us and it was all people who were big fans and you know that kind of thing so it wasn't you know we knew people were rooting for us but again like you know i, I was in the taxi and we went past houston station and i was like I could just get out and go to Cork and 
and never come back, you know? So, but I'm glad I did it in the end. But yeah, it was, it was, I don't really remember doing it. I don't remember being on stage for it, weirdly enough, because uh, I was just very nervous about it. And like Killian was very nervous as well. I think, uh, I w- like the microphone was in the stand and he didn't want to move it. So he just kind of stood there very still for his first one. Uh, but he's he's come on like absolute leaps of bears. He's so good at, at, at live comedy. Like it's it's really cool to see. Um, but yeah, our first one was kind of yeah. It's uh like because I, I I didn't think to leave space for laughter. You know, because obviously right. you have jokes right, but you mm. don't expect people to laugh at them. Or when you do it online, you don't get immediate instantaneous feedback. So it was this mm. kind of thing where I rushed through the set because I just wanted to do the jokes. And then you realize like, you know, I was talking over people laughing and I was always like kind of frustrated. I was like, shut up and let me keep going. You know, kind of thing like, um, so yeah, the, the rhythm is very different. You know, you have to make sure everyone hears what you say and you have to go really slowly. Um, and people, people laugh at things that wouldn't necessarily be funny on video as well. Do you know what I mean? Mm. You can just go and say hello in a funny way and people laugh, Do you know, that kind of thing. Uh, Cause they want to laugh. They want to sit there and laugh at you. So, um, in some ways it's easier um in in terms of like your content or whatever but yeah it's hard to actually get up there in the first place yeah like as i i went to like i love going to comedy gigs and i love going to vicar street and going mm. in there you you're automatically ready to laugh so like as you say someone could just make a funny noise on stage and you're kind of just it's like that you have a bubbling up anyway so you want yeah. to laugh so i suppose there's that but i suppose if you if i went to see a comedian and they weren't giving me any space to laugh you'd be like you shush for a minute and let me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Gillian though have a great little like partnership did you know each other before you started doing like videos and that together no we actually don't we, I, I don't think we've ever collaborated on a video actually believe it or not oh, really? uh, <clears throat> yeah yeah we've done some TV stuff Um, <laughs> but yeah we were put together by our agent because it was like oh well Killian wants to, to do stand up why don't you just do it together or whatever like we kind of met once during lockdown Uh, just because I, I like I kind of met all the other online comedian so we went for points and like he's great do you know what I mean um he's just got crack so I was like yeah let's do that and then after a second ever gig the Dublin Fringe approached us and then they were like do you want to do a show and we we're like okay and then because it's the Dublin Fringe we wanted to kind of be like well let's experiment with it let's do something different so we decided to work together and we're on stage together and we do sketches together on stage and it just works you know we have a very similar kind of like we're very different, but we do have a, a, like we have a similar sense of what's funny and we have our own kind of strengths or whatever. So uh, I think that's what the show does. Um, But it's just fun going on tour with somebody else, you know. So once yeah. we do a show, it's kind of like nice to hang out with them or like nice to talk about it on the way up or, you know, it's because I, I imagine the life on the road could be quite uh like quite lonely if if you don't have someone with you so it's actually quite nice to just have a friend with you you know yeah and it must like it must be strange though like you do a lot of with sean and eleanor and then obviously with the tv show yourself killian and the whole gang did um on rte which was like hilarious it must be strange though because you've been making videos for yourself and always like writing the script for yourself or planning mm-hmm. it and then you're getting like on the tv show there was six of you i think there was six, five, six. uh five five yeah. sorry and um yeah so there's five opinions five people with different you know this will be funny here uh how was that kind of going from just you to a group scenario yeah the tv show was different because we didn't necessarily write things together it was quite a separate process actually and uh you know it would it, it was kind of something you do in your bedroom on your own you'd send scripts off to other people who would then approve them rather than something you do yourself organically but with say sean and eleanor uh or whatever we had writers rooms together and we were like yeah you know like we had a writers room for for no worries if not but it kind of it was only for a couple of days and the actual volume of sketches we had to make we did a lot of stuff on our own but with Sean and Eleanor it's writers rooms and it's it's great it's so much fun doing that sort of stuff and I've, I've done it myself with like I had a, a podcast on BBC Sounds for a while that I did with Sean and Kira Knight who I used to work with um and it's just so much fun in those scenarios because you make each other laugh but it's quicker as well. It's quicker to write sketches because you have several brains working on the same problem. And it's it's easier to tell what's funny and what's not because you say something. And then if you make the other guys laugh, you're like, perfect, let's put that in there, you know? Mm. Um, so, yeah, I really enjoy working with people. And I think I was missing that on the way up. Um, 
you know, making stuff myself or whatever. And I was kind of nervous about it being like, am I too much of a control freak? Am I able to work with people? <laughs> you know, when actually I really like it. So it's it's because uh, it's just much funnier. You go in more bizarre directions depending on who you have uh, with you. So it's um yeah, I definitely I like doing work with people. I'd I'd love to be part of a some kind of ensemble. I'm part of several ensembles, in fact. But like you know, it's kind <laughs> of yeah. I just I really like working with other guys. Like, I suppose that makes it's like mixing up like in any career working with different groups or like if you're you know work from home half the time then you go in the office it's like that mm. every day brings a different kind of vibe and you know like I loved on the t- on no worries if not the who I don't know who which of you came up with it but the crime mm. gang I loved oh that's yeah yeah that was that was actually a group kind of thing that's one of the things that did come out of the writer's room was that and yeah it was just it was kind of just because we had an account like I wrote the sketches and we had this kind of accountant character and then we brought Emma into it and Emma just added so much more to the improv or whatever and it was yeah it was just everybody brought their their A game so it was great it was so much fun it was like lots of fun to experiment with like a shootout and things like that so it was uh yeah, yeah great that was that was one of the more fun ones we 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 filmed or whatever uh because it was kind of its own little sitcom uh if you know what I mean yeah, so it was, exactly. uh, yeah really interesting and like so obviously you got you are probably around all these comedians quite a lot do you have someone that you look like when you were starting out did you or maybe now that you like love and love seeing on stage or love seeing them on tv or something that you kind of think that's goals in mind yeah i love killian <laughs> I, love, I love seeing how confident he is and how good he is the crowd interaction all kind of stuff. i really love watching him um it's interesting because online comedy like it's not that old if you know what i mean so mm. there's very few people you've you've a, an actual kind of goal to reach or whatever um but in terms of like comedy heroes, I'd probably say like Sharon Horgan is great because she just she does a lot of things that are really everything she does. I'm like, that's class, you know, yeah. as in. But she's also a voice actress. So she's been on things like Bojack Horseman, which is one of my favorite shows. She was on Disenchantment that I watched loads of. She is in like things like Catastrophe and This Way Up and Bad Sisters and like just everything she's in. I'm like, that's class. I'm going to watch that, you know, but she seems to pick her projects really well and I, I'd love to have a career like that where you're an actor but also a writer and a voice actor you know I think that's kind of the the space um that, that I want to be in you know um but yeah it's uh in terms of stage it's it's kind of it's different because I don't know whether stand-up is necessarily my end goal you know I can't see myself selling out three arena I can't you know that's that's probably not where I'm gonna end up you know um but it's it's I really do love like Joe Lysett and you know um I went to the Edinburgh Fringe last year and I saw loads of groups and I saw loads of people who do musical comedy and kind of character stuff so it was really really fun um so I'm kind of I was inspired that way um but by, by a lot of those kind of acts no so when you're saying you don't see yourself selling out to three arena do you think you're going to aim more towards the tv the sketch and the online stuff is that what you're going to go instead of doing the stand-ups you know the you know the Tommy Tiernan style way yeah, I think so. I think I'm not. I'm not Tommy Tiernan. Yeah, it's just not. I can't see myself going down that kind of road. But yeah, prob- probably more writey, actory kind of stuff. Because I, I, I think, like at the moment, I'm not really quite sure what my stand-up persona is, um, mm-hmm. or who I am on stage. I love being silly little freaks and coming on as sketch characters and stuff like that. But I haven't really found one I want to continue with for a whole half hour or whatever. So um, I guess it's something I'll figure out. I'm sure once I do it, it'll click. Like I did say I'd never do stand-up a couple of years ago because I was too afraid to do it. So maybe it's something that like eventually I'll be like, no, this is my thing, you know? So I don't know. It's really hard to predict where things go. But isn't that lovely that about your career that you don't have to have that in mind now? That like, you know, you started out you know, doing these for fun. Then you got a job doing them with Joe. Now you're, you know, as you say, Sam Floyd, you're getting Orty and now Virgin Media, obviously are coming to you as well with the other show. And mm. you're doing, yet you're still doing stuff by your own standard. You're still writing and you're collaborating and stuff that you don't have to go, I can only be an online, you know, I can only yeah. be an online presentation. I can only do stuff on Instagram. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't feel uh like siloed or kind of hemmed in. I hate the idea of that. And, you know, when I started out, I was doing lots of radio sketches and I was like, man, I don't want to be the radio sketches guy. I don't want to be a guy that just does that, you know. So it's nice. It's it's I've been trying on a lot of different hats. So obviously for the, the Help Me Buy a Home show, I'm a presenter and that's kind of actually quite serious for some of it. And then, you know, for I've I've been an actor and I've been 
uh, an actual stand up and I've been a, a writer and for other stuff and I've just been a voice actor and it's yeah um it's really interesting uh and I I don't I could just flit around do whatever I want which is cool yeah, I love the idea now in 2023, especially post lockdown. But even before that, that you don't like 10 years ago, even you were one thing. You weren't, you know, 50 other things like, you know, we even look at like, let's say Granny Galna. She was, uh, you know, Miss Ireland and a, a nurse and a model and mm-hmm. does podcasts. So like it's not this case anymore that young people have to be just, you know, one thing. And I love the idea that even with your new TV show, right? very different route it's a serious mm. tv show it's about the housing crisis people are probably looking going michael yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What? yeah yeah and i was yeah but it's it's also like you know why should what i've done before decide what i do next you know it's more just it's an interesting project so let's do it mm. you know and what's what's nice about working freelance is that you can pick projects so you can do something for a while and then it's over, you know, so whether it's good or bad, it all comes to an end. So even if there is something I do where I'm like, God, I hate this. Eventually it'll, it'll stop. <laughs> you know, I don't have to do it again, you know, but it's also like it's it's not going to ruin my career if I do something that doesn't do that well, you know. Yeah. And uh, there's so many people that are probably listening and work in offices that are like, I wish I had that where the thing I hate. <laughs> I only have to do it until Friday and then I get a new job on Monday and a new job the following week. Yeah. So yeah. Apologies to those. They're <laughs> like, I hate you both right now. But um, I like the idea of doing a housing crisis show, I suppose people will probably assume that there is, you know, there's a buyer, there's an agent on it who, Liz, who's going to be there with you. How did they sell it to you that you were going to be the person? Like, did they want you to come in and make it funny or was it just like that you're a young person? What was it that kind of Virgin Media said to you that this is the job for you? Yeah, I th- I think it was initially that I'd come in as kind of like a Joe Lysett type side character uh, and that we maybe find some humour in it. There is, there's humour in it. Like there is, there's humour in everything, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going up and being like, ha ha, homeless people. Do you know what I mean? I said mm-hmm. like, it's very serious. Like you can't make light of certain things. Uh, but it's just, they wanted kind of, because the housing market is very depressing, I think they just wanted something a bit lighter in there and that's kind of where that's how they came to me I think mm. um but I was quite happy to do it because it's kind of like I'd never been asked to be a presenter before uh so it was a, a new skill to try out uh and it's obviously something I'm, in, I'm interested in because the housing crisis has been a thing since I went to college even and it's always it's been something I've been very frustrated about the whole time I've gone house hunting a lot of times and it's gotten worse and worse and worse over the years so I guess it was something that I'm like I'd love to know about that so it it helps to be interested yeah I'm sure like there's you could as Irish people we love to take the piss in you know dark situations I'm sure when you're if you're going house to house like we've all been house hunting in Dublin where Mm. you've gone in and the shower is in the same room as the bed or you know it's not even a shower it's just like a thing that you hold over your head or you know we see these the things some prices that you can only just laugh at or you'll cry so I suppose Mm. you do need a little like bit of it's not prime time you don't want to just be like this is dark and depressing you'd have to a bit of like oh like eye rolling and oh dear god about it you know Mm -hmm. yeah 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 it's um yeah there's there's some of that I guess yeah I mean I, I we we talk to kind of like Finland in it and in the same episode we go to like a homeless charity and stuff like that you obviously can't make fun of the homeless charity I'm not going to do that because it's class do you know what I mean it's 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 a really cool idea that the place we go to so yeah it's it's yeah like I don't have to be a clown all the time you mm. know it's uh it's what I've discovered you know again not siloing yourself you know in that like say Tommy Tiernan for example is doing his show where he talks about quite serious things and has quite serious discussions but obviously he's he's a clown like I am but you know, he's a clever person. So why not just do that as well? Why not just be a clever person as well? Yeah. Is this part of the appeal for you that you get to show people it's not all about making people laugh all the time, that it's like you do have some other skills and like you do get to show a different side of your personality? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, And it kind of, not to be too um careerist about it, but it does open me up for other opportunities if I do well here, you know? Mm. um. And it shows people that I, I I can do this and I'm not just silly, you know? Yeah. I'm like with it. I think I saw a quote from you about you've had to move nine times in 10 years renting or something. Yeah. I, I hear you. <laughs> I swear to God. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been really grim. The whole like, I mean, the last few times I've moved into Dublin, it's been through people I knew, 
you know, mm. there was no way I was getting an open view. And, you know, and even even just the risk of that, like, you know, we're all forced to kind of live with strangers a lot of the time and you don't know who you're going to end up living with. Um, and that's hard. You know, I'm sure there's loads. It's the thin end of the way of the wedge when it comes to the problems with housing. You know, is it homelessness is the worst thing that can happen and homelessness to kids and all that kind of stuff. That's dreadful. But at the kind of the the lesser end of it, there's people living in situations with people they don't like in houses that are too small or, you know, there's I've, I've heard cases of like couples who split up who just have to stay put for months because they can't find anywhere to live or, you know, people living with their parents. And that that assumes people have good relationships with their parents. It is, you know, it seems there's nothing untoward going on there that they can live with their parents or that their parents have room for them or, you know, that kind of thing. So it's it's um it really does affect everybody. And when it's when it's not right, it does affect the whole of your life, you know. I mean, there's situations I've had kind of living. It hasn't happened too often where, you know, one of your housemates is in the kitchen and you feel awkward about it because you don't know them that well or, you know, mm-hmm. you don't really get on. So it's kind of like that means you just put off having dinner for another hour or two or, you know, that kind of thing where it's yeah. just uncomfortable. You don't feel at home in your own home, you know, and I think that's that's I know it's like a very small complaint to have compared to homelessness. But I think as a developed country, you know, homelessness is it's quite a low bar to clear, you know, yeah. really for a wealthy country. So it's, it's mad that it's such a problem, you know. Yeah. And I think, as you say, like, yeah, homelessness is the top tier, you know, and everything that goes with that. But anyone, I think anyone who's trying to get a house, whether it's buying, renting, like these are genuine worries for them. And as you said, living in, in a place where you're not feeling comfortable and not feeling whether it's not safe or not comfortable. I've mm. had times where you're like standing outside the house and going, oh God, please let no one be home. Please let no one be home. Because you yeah. want to go in and be like, not be awkward. And you want to watch your favorite TV show or make your dinner. And if there's somebody else there, it's like, oops, oh, sorry, oh, sorry. You know, this awkwardness. Mm. And it's like, you know, that's not a place that you want to live. And if you could, you'd get out of that situation. But obviously, yeah, like I remember a couple of years ago looking for places on Daft and there was like, Oh God, I think 15 or something on the whole of the north side. I was like, yeah, yeah. Are you joking me? And they're all like so expensive and tips, like actual like landlords yeah. just putting up a room that hadn't been cleaned probably in five years and haven't had new curtains or anything like that. And you're thinking, and there's people out there who can't complain to their landlord because they're afraid their landlord are gonna Oh yeah, them. yeah. I mean, when this when this uh the renter tax credit came in, there's loads of people being like they discovered their landlord wasn't registered with the RTB. And it's like I don't know how to get that out of the landlord because what if they then decide, right, fuck you, get out. Do you know that kind of thing? Because yeah. I obviously, if, if they're not on the RTV, I probably have no rights in this situation, you mm-hmm. know, because they're probably doing it under the table. So that or you know, we're afraid of saying something to them in case they up the rent or in case they, they discover we're here. And it's, you know, that, yeah, there's a lot of that stuff going on. And even when I was doing viewings, houses that would stink or houses that would, you know, I, I, you know, where they didn't even clean up before you came over. You know, where yeah. like they hadn't emptied the bins or just just small things like that that just shows they just don't give a fuck at all about who comes in, you know, um, and things you'd settle for it. You know, when you're really desperate yeah. to find a house and you're like, OK, well, I know there's mold and, you know, it's a, you know, the bed has also got a sink in the bedroom or whatever. And you're like, yeah, but yeah. I'm really desperate, you know, and that makes me so sad to think that that's what it's like out there still. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, people having to share rooms and stuff like that i mean i can't imagine what it's like to be a student now you know i i definitely would have commuted the whole time through college if 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 things are as bad or were as bad as they are now you know they were getting bad when i was in college but i still found places after a lot of trying mm-hmm. you know but but now absolutely not my whole college experience would be spent on a bus um so it's you know and even like i've moved home quite often to Navin or whatever and that's you know right it's not that far away it's not Longford or whatever but it was still when I was working at Joe it was a two-hour door-to-door commute uh so it was kind of like that's four hours out of my day that I could have been doing something else with and it took it out of me like health-wise and and mm. all that kind of stuff and it just you know it's like you know if we don't get you with expensive rents we're going to get you with the commute time we're going to fuck you in some way you know yeah. <laughs> it's, it's uh yeah it's um it's, it's something I'm I'm just I've been very angry about for a very long time. You know? They give you the perfect show. They're like, OK, Michael, go. This is it. this is your chance. And I suppose the best thing about it is if you're going to do a show that you're serious about is something that you actually are passionate about, because if it was something else mm. that maybe it was your first TV show presenting and you didn't really know as much or, you know, it hasn't affected you personally, 
it, maybe you wouldn't have been as invested. Yeah, 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 probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was a good one to do, you know. Mm. Um, but yeah, like I did, I got to sit down with the the housing minister for oh, a yeah. full day, which is kind of mad. Um, because I could be like, right, well, you know, you could say, oh, we're turning a corner, like you have been for the last ten years. You could say, I can't wave a magic wand, like you have been for the last ten years. Like I've heard all the same things before, so it was mad. Kind of by the end of it, I was kind of like, like he said, lots of good stuff, and it sounded like he listened to me. Uh, and it sounds like he really believes what he's doing is the right thing. But I'm also just like, I don't, I can't really believe you until prices come down because I have heard all this shit before, you know? Yeah. And did you go to the doll to meet him? No, we went to the road with him. So basically we went to kind of like a kind of homes that are being reconstructed or whatever, uh, derelict homes that are yeah. being turned back into homes, which is really cool. Um, And there's kind of like grants and schemes that they've kind of introduced around that. And then we went to uh, a new build kind of housing estate. And then we went to his office, which is in the custom house. So um, yeah, we had a whole, whole kind of day with him and he talked for the whole thing. Like he can talk. Um, and I really, I want to let him talk and, and see what he had to say. Um, but, and I thought he'll tire himself out. But no, by the end of it, I was like, I'm so tired. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Trying to concentrate listening to this man, you know, that kind of thing. Like he, he knows what he's doing. He's, he is a politician, you know, so. You finally got your journalism dream that you wanted when you were 13. And now you're like, one day yeah. I'm wrecked. <laughs> yeah, which is mad because I've never interviewed anybody before really I didn't even do anything in college with with you know college newspapers and like that's so the idea that my first day is like right minister for housing the most serious thing going on in the country right now and you're going to sit down with him was it was really nerve-wracking because I was like I really want to ask good questions you know and I don't want to seem like I'm a handmaiden of the housing crisis or you know give him an easy ride you know that kind of thing so yeah. but I wanted to be fair at the same time so no pressure for your second interview now. I'm expecting Joe Biden or someone, <laughs> you know, Al Pacino. Yeah. <laughs> the health service. I don't know. Um, Going yeah. in and taking over and you're like, right, where are the hospital beds? Give me them. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Let's stack them up. <laughs> well, it sounds like it's going to be a great show. Uh, it's something obviously we're all very interested in. But I imagine you also, when you're stepping away from that, you were quite happy to get back and do a bit of comedy. Yeah. Nice to be silly again. You know, I was kind of like, because the, the ones kind of afterwards were kind of nicer interviews where I didn't have to challenge anyone. I just had to ask some questions and be be friends with them, you know, so it was that was a relief, you know, afterwards. Um, But yeah, no, I'm glad I did it. I'm really glad I did it. Yeah, absolutely. Another career goal ticked. So what is the next career goal now on the on the long list of stuff you're hoping to do? God, I don't know. I don't know. I'd love I'd love to be in like a big fantasy TV series. So, like, if anyone uh, who casts the Rings of Power or House of the Dragon is listening, please do let me know. I'd love to play a little freak or a goblin or something. That'd be good crack. I've never done that before. Yeah, well, that'd be pretty cool. Also, I'm like, <laughs> I love that you think that the power of my podcast is the people who listen, who make those shows are listening. But hey, if they are, hi. Look, you don't know. You really yeah. don't know. I mean, um, Eleanor, who I work with and a few sketches or whatever, was talking to the director of Dodgeball recently, uh, who had seen some of our sketches and like quoted one back to her which is hilarious so like oh you just God. don't know who's watching so yes. yeah <laughs> okay I'll take that if you yeah. are listening I, I'm not a great actress but I can be an, I'd love to be an extra I'd love to be an extra yeah. in any show so if somebody's listening get Michael the fantasy job and I'll be in the background as like a maiden or I don't know yeah. like a dragon <laughs> <laughs> I'd play a great dragon I swear <laughs> Um, but yeah it looks it looks really good so uh, I'd say fair play to you for you know, doing something outside your comfort zone and trying out something different. Thank you. Yeah, it was interesting. I'm glad. Yeah, glad I said yes to it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I look forward to you making me laugh in many different ways. Maybe not on that show, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and someday I might make your good tweets. Someday. <laughs> the goals in life, huh? Yeah. <laughs> All right, Michael. Lovely to talk to you and I'll talk to you soon. Okay. See you later. Thanks Go for having on. me on. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So I hope you all enjoyed that chat with Michael and um, getting to know him a bit better away from the videos and stuff. And of course, he mentioned uh, the TV show he's on is called Help Me Buy a Home. And that's on Virgin Media 1 uh, on Sundays at 8 o'clock. So that's six part series. So that starts um, if you're listening to this on Saturday, the 22nd, it starts tomorrow, the 23rd. Um, and then obviously it'll be on the player if you're listening to this during the week and you didn't know this exists. If you 
feel like you want to uh, hear if there's any solutions or hear what the housing minister had to say when Michael interviewed him. So that will be one to watch or look back on if you missed it already. Um, yeah, it was really good crack chatting to him. Like, I love how many people have turned the lockdown into a positive thing. Fair play to them. Now, I made all the promises that I was going to write a book and lose loads of weight, but I did. I did start podcast. So like, you know, that's that's my my one thing that came out of lockdown. Start a podcast and it's what you're listening to. So I love so I, I did one thing. I did not make any banana bread. So <laughs> I made pad thai one time. Oh, I tell you, all the goals ticked off my list during uh, the lockdown. Anywho. Um, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, thank you so much for coming on. Um, and you must have seen it on Michael's socials or something and you enjoyed it. Thank you so much. And do scroll back. There is some episodes there, hopefully, that you will like. Um, just throwing some names out. If you uh, Irish people, we've got stuff like um, James Patrice and Trish's Transformation and Emma Doran. You heard me reference in there. Um, American wise, we've got Rob Mascio, who played the Todd in Scrubs. Um, or Jim Mitty, who played um, Walt Jr. in Breaking Bad, like huge Jerry O'Connell, um, the actor and TV presenter. Yeah, well, he's that was a really fun interview, actually. Uh, UK, we've got people like Shane Ward and Matt Cardle, um, Montana Brown, who just got engaged and she's having a baby. So all these guests are having all these big life moments who've been on me and I'm still the same. <laughs> but congratulations to Montana. Um, what else have we got that you might enjoy? And there's some some episodes there that like the you know like people like Peter McFerry or uh, Brian Penny who um is a who is a recovering addict but now is a professor in Trinity so I it's a really interesting um chat if you're into like people's journeys and like he came from it being addicted to heroin to now like teaching in Trinity like come on again people under like reaching their goals here it's amazing so there are some episodes that you might enjoy but yeah thank you so much for listening if you like to come follow us we're on uh, Twitter Instagram obviously and Facebook and TikTok we're on them all now and um, you can follow us there you can send a message if you like you know give us a little rating on Spotify or Apple follow us whatever and you'll get to see um, every time we publish a new episode so we have a couple of new episodes coming up which are very exciting one lads I'm so excited about it like I might actually die if it happens, it's it's being scheduled right now. And when the episode comes, you'll hear me die. But let's just say it's someone from my favorite of all time TV shows. And anyone who knows me can already guess what that is. So uh, anyway, I love you and leave you. I hope you have a great weekend, week, whenever you're listening to this. Thank you so much for listening. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, Slogan full and I'll chat to you soon.